You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 35 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Like to give a shout out today to BetterHelp for supporting our mission and helping more entrepreneurs just like you. BetterHelp is the modern way to attend counseling, and you can do this now anytime, anywhere with BetterHelp's tools to make feeling better easier. I have a very special guest with me in the digital studio today. Carmen Renee was brought to my attention by my friend Melissa Drake of Brilliant Transformations. And she showed me her Instagram page, which is tremendously empowering, not only to women entrepreneurs, but to everyday people. With the Instagram name of Eat the Cake 2, Carmen Renee is breaking barriers. She is embracing herself. She is embracing her personality. And she is embracing the truth of what every human being is and desires to be. We are going to dive in deep to the psyche that fuels our self-confidence. And we are going to tap into the power that we all have inside us. Thanks to Carmen Renee and her story of living with lymphedema. Please welcome Carmen Renee. I have the magnificent Carmen Renee in the studio with me today. And, and this I have been waiting for this day because I learned about you several months ago. So welcome. Thank you so much, Hillary. I'm very, very excited to be chatting with you this morning. Oh my goodness. I am too. Um, so I'm not sure if you know Melissa Drake or you are a friend of hers or. Yeah. So I got in contact with Melissa Drake through, um, Evan Stein, which I'm not sure if you know him, but she's been honestly like a godsend. She has been, <clears throat> excuse me, she's been helping me um, so much and she really understands my message and what I'm trying to accomplish. So, um, I mean, obviously she put me in touch with you. This is just, it's it's been great ever since she came into my life. So I'm happy to know her. That's wonderful. I think you may come to find that she's one of your soulmates because she's one of mine. She's a person that you just connect with. But before we get too deep, because I think we could do that. I feel like we're already old girlfriends talking, having a margarita on the patio. Um, but before we get too deep into it, let's just, this is the elevator speech section of the podcast. So what brought you to where you are today? Let's talk a little bit about what you're contending with and and what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build awareness for. Sure. So I can't, I'm starting, um, uh, I started Eat the Cake 2 with the passion and with the goal of coming to a place where these unrealistic standards of beauty in our society are no longer, you know, we're just always told what we can have, uh, what we can't have and what we can't do, especially when it comes to our own self image, which to me is insane, which is why I started eat the cake too. Because for me in my world, when it comes to my body, how I view it, what I choose to do with it, I can in fact have the cake and eat the cake too, because it's, it's my body and it's my image. So I'm really trying to encourage others, men and women to 
view their bodies separate from any standard of beauty that they've been told, separate of any, um, you know, ideal beauty or ideal body that's in our society today. So that's been my mission and it's ongoing and it's been very positive for me. And I feel like I'm, I'm just barely scratching the surface. I bet you feel like that. So I want to touch on a couple of different things with you. First of all, I think that men and women, anybody, anywhere has some sort of emotional association with their body. Absolutely. There's never somebody who just says, you know, when, when I think about my body, I think about its functions. I think about, wow, it's really, it's really serving me well. I have strong legs. I have great stamina. All those, by the way, I have none of those things, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I doubt that. I doubt that. (laughs) So, well, I'm chronically ill and, um, and so I do, I do struggle. I have a disease, uh, that's called transverse myelitis. It's like MS. And so it's a, there's a battery of, of, of different symptoms that, you know, that I have to deal with daily. But, um, it has also, like you, I am trying to encourage people to break stigmas all over the place. So I recovered from an eating disorder as well. So, but there's always some emotional connection with food, with our bodies. It's never, it's never like we're, we're back in the primitive forest and Mm. hunting the saber toothed tiger, like we're fast and we're efficient and we feel good. It's always about what do we look like? Yeah, exactly. And it's never about what our capabilities are. It's always about what, what we're missing that I just always say that we, I I know I was brought up in a way surrounded by things that always told me I wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? And you're, it's just like you said, it, you know, it's not like we're focusing on, you know, even with illnesses or disabilities or things that stop us from doing maybe everything that we want to be able to do, we never stop and say, Hey, like I woke up this morning, my body allowed me to do this. How amazing is that? You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, I think having lymphedema, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit has just made this even more of a passion for me because, you know, I'm, I've always been overweight, but then to have something else, you know, have this, um, this condition that my legs and feet are, are visibly always very swollen. They're very different than, you know, anybody I've ever seen. And that is, has always been an insecurity for me still is to this day that I fight through every single day. But I just said, this, you know, the world wants me to hide this away. This is what I've always been told. And I'm like, why am I'm just not going to do that anymore. This is my body. This is what I was given. Um, I found ways to manage it, thankfully, but I need to embrace what makes me different instead of just feeling ashamed of it. Absolutely. And you're modeling for other people. You know, when I go out, sometimes I have to use a wheelchair if I'm having a tough day. And and it, it it's very it's like our diseases are on display for yes. people. We don't get privacy. It's like mm. this is what I'm going through right now. I'm going to be coping in front of you. I'm coping emotionally in front of you as I shop for, you know, new socks yeah. at Target. I'm exactly. I, you know, and it's really it's really one thing. So people listening. And especially people who feel like they are on display 
you know, what, what I try to do is just center myself, just kind of be in myself. I'm in the wheelchair. I'm, I'm with my husband. This is my safe center. And, yeah. and I, you know, and like, I'm going to be in this space and I don't really care what people around me think of my space. You know, we try and have fun. Like he'll run through the store and then he'll pretend like he's going to let go of the wheelchair. And then we laugh and, and people look <laughs> at us like, they look at us like, how dare you have fun while you have a disease? And the thing is yes. that we are re writing this reality and helping other people do the same. And so for people who feel like, well, I don't want to go to the store. I don't want to be on display. I don't want to use my cane. I don't want to do those things. You know what? It's nobody else's business. Yes, I so agree. I, I love what you just said, rewriting, you know, rewriting our realities for people. I say all the time on Instagram, just you know, people are so confused by confidence when mm. they don't think that somebody should have that confidence. So I say, just confuse them with your confidence. And I think <laughs> your story, you know, going through target, I mean, people, that's not what they would expect. You know what I mean? Like people don't expect me to be strutting around in a bikini. Like I just don't care. Cause I don't, Yes. but, but I do. And it's confusing to them. And and sometimes, honestly, I know it's uncomfortable for them, but I am a firm believer that being comfortable never got us anywhere. So, you know, people need to be uncomfortable to understand new realities or to have, you know, the conversations that are going to get us to a different place in our society. Absolutely. The level of acceptance and the level of there are there are different existences for people. So I may have been healthier let's say like five years ago, like physically, you know, had yeah. more stamina, whatever. Mentally, I was not, and I would not go back in time. And it's just, it just blows people's minds because it's like, well, but you, but you're contending with this, you're dealing with this. Mm -hmm. How can you be happy while you're doing it? You're not used to seeing a happy cancer patient. You know, um, uh, someone who's struggling, somebody who's unemployed and happy. It's like this juxtaposition of what people expect and what they see. And they just get all rattled. Right. Oh, how do I how do I bring this into my reality? That's not. Our responsibility, it's theirs. Don't do exactly like don't do the crowd's emotional work for them, mm -hmm. you know, and um. And I think too, it's really beautiful that I also tell myself when I, when I can, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's my responsibility to help break the stigma. Sometimes I'm really tired. I'm like, I just want to go get bananas and not yeah. break the stigma today. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. I I think that um, you know it does certainly come with a sense of responsibility, especially once you you know like you're, you're having these conversations, you have your, your brand is, is based around this. And so is mine. And that comes with the constant responsibility of, well, this is what I'm trying to do. I need to do it every day. And I think what's really beautiful though, is, is how vulnerable it makes us and how relatable that vulnerability is. I know when I talk about, you know, cause we all have bad days. Like, obviously I still have days where it's really hard for me to put on, you know, a dress that's 
above my knees because and walk around in public with my legs and feet out. Some days that's hard for me. Mm-hmm. But if I also feel honored to have a platform that I can share that on because it's so relatable for people, whether they have lymphedema, whether they're in a wheelchair, it doesn't matter. Everybody has something mm-hmm. that they want to say, I can relate to that, you know? Yes. And our, our vulnerabilities link us together. I think yeah. that's, that's how we find our community and that's how we find our support. And it's, it's really interesting. And you'll know what I'm talking about when you'll meet defensive people who are afflicted by something or they're, they're going through something and they're angry, mm-hmm. very angry about it. And that anger seems to protect their fear. Yeah, definitely. Of, of being who they are. And so it's really interesting to find out when you take that chance, and I know you found this out, when you take that chance and you first put yourself out there, what did that feel like for you? Were you terrified? And then were you surprised at the reaction? I was terrified. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, I put myself out there, you know, uh, in a different way, but I remember, um, the first time that I posted a picture of my legs and, and specifically spoke about my lymphedema, um, that was really a very defining moment for me. And I had posted it to Instagram. I remember the picture and, um, you know, I said, this is what lymphedema looks like for me. I said, I'm wearing it. I'm showing it. I'm managing it, you know, and it makes me different, but it doesn't define me. And I, you know, posted it and it got so many responses. I mean, it was, (laughs) it's probably one of my most liked, um, photos on Instagram, which is amazing, but it also came with a lot of hate comments. So I had to prepare myself mentally before I even posted. I said, okay, this is social media. Not everybody's going to support you, but think mm-hmm. of everybody that this is going to help. Absolutely. And, yeah. So that helped me. Um, and you know, I just, I, I always say people who make negative comments are really just unhappy people who have image body image issues of their own. So that's kind of how I get, th- get through the trolls on social media. Yeah. And you, you have to, have a certain type of mentality. What I what I do to get through that, because we all have to deal with that, especially those of us who are a little bit more visible, we have to deal with that a lot. And yeah. um, like, who do you think you are, and why are you talking about this? And and I just I'm gonna feel negative and whatever. And what I think to myself is, there is nobody else qualified to tell me how I feel, what to do, what I should do, what I shouldn't do than me. Yes. Anybody else's comment doesn't even make it into my ecosystem. They're not qualified. They're not me. They're not a part of my body. They're not cellularly joined to me. They do not get to have any say in anything that I do. Conversely, If it's a person spreading love and joy, then we can allow ourselves to connect with them. But otherwise, 
I think we just give so much attention and so much weight to people, to the trolls that weigh in and we let them, you know, nibble away at our heart and our soul and they're not qualified. They're not qualified to be in your body or in your space or in your spirit. They're not qualified. No, that's, and that's a really good outlook, but I will say sometimes it's extremely frustrating. (laughs) <laughs> yes to oh, hear I know. from them or see what they're writing because it's just not true and and I think that's part of I I do um I go back and forth with this a lot of you know am I trying to educate am I trying I'm trying to change these stigmas but you know at to what extent I guess am I commenting back commenting back to everybody who you know has an issue with my quote unquote health or promoting obesity, whatever people say, am I taking the time to educate them or, you know what I'm like, where do I draw that line? So that's something I struggle with, um, often to be honest. That makes sense though, that because educating people is a very heavy responsibility, you know, and I, I look at, um, an example of if I, and I am a person who loves everybody. I don't care if you're purple polka dotted. I don't, I don't care if you're six feet tall or two feet tall. I don't care what race you are. I don't care. I'll yeah. just love your heart, you know. And so I try to engage in conversations. And I have a number of black friends. And I watch what's going on, like, societally. Mm-hmm. And I will watch people who think they have an idea of what the black population is going through mm-hmm. and they'll say something. And one of my friends will say, Oh, it is not my job to educate you. It is just like, and I get it. I get it. Yes. We have to further the conversation, but it is exhausting sometimes. Is. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I have a, um, a balance issue. And so I have, a, I had a shirt made that says, um, uh, day drinker, cheeseburger lover. And because it, it looks like I'm drunk, you know, oh I'll get goodness. out of the car and people are like, Oh my God, look at this. Look at this sauce over here. She's, you know, hitting the bottle. I'm like, Hey, I don't even care anymore. Oh That's my gosh. I'm yeah. Gloriously publicly drunk in front of you. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. And, um, I like that because you're just, I don't know. I just have this thing with making people feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's kind of fun for me. <laughs> you know, I go to the gym in, a, in my in a shirt at least once a week that says fat girl flow. And I just I know people look at it and kind of look at me crazy. But, you know, I like it. And I also, you know, this is my fat girl flow. Like, stop judging my body that I'm here. I'm working out. I'm being kind to my body. So whatever whatever thought you think you have, you know, about what it is to be overweight, it's probably wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. And and that's the whole thing. So it gets exhausting educating people because sometimes we just want to go to the gym. Sometimes we just want to do whatever we're going to do, looking like we look, looking how we, we walk, how we talk, whatever the case is. And we just want to be left alone. Yeah. You know, Yep. I, um, yeah. So I wear this shirt at least once a week and it, I cut it into a crop top because I also work out in leggings and a sports bra every day because I just don't care. 
but this man came up to me one day and he said, Oh, he's like, Oh, keep working out. And you're not going to be able to wear that shirt anymore. You're going to have to get a real girl flow shirt. Oh, I, I looked at him and I said, excuse me. I said, you do understand that I'm real just because I'm fat. I'm still real. And just so you know, I'm very happy with my body and I will be wearing this shirt the rest of my life. Proudly. I just, and he was kind of shocked and he came and found me a minute later and apologized. And I'm like, I just, Mm -hmm. I just can't believe the things that people, it's again, these, you know, misconceptions about whatever it might be. Like you always think, you know what the person wants and you don't like not every fat person wants to be thin and not every big person hates their body. I mean, I know it's a crazy thing to think, but it's true. Well, I understand because um, I had an eating disorder for decades. And so, and I I deal with it. I have ARFID, Avoidant Restrictive uh, Intake Disorder. Mm. And so I am, I still deal with it every day. And I, I just try and make good decisions and take it a day at a time. But I gained probably 25 pounds. I finally got boobs. I was like, oh, is this what it took to get boobs? I was doing it all wrong. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And then, um, and then I got a little muffin top, and I wrote about it. I was like, I love it. I'm proud of it. It makes me feel like I have substance. It makes me feel like, you know, I- I'm doing something for me. Like, I'm breaking yes. my own stigma of what I thought my body should look like. My body wasn't healthy. The goal is health. And yes. everything else follows that. But I do want to say to that guy, boy, sir, I sure hope you get a big boy penis shirt one day. That that would be a great <laughs> thing for you. It? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Next time somebody comments, that's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. But, yeah, that just made me think also of your story, you know, of saying how you wouldn't trade where you are now versus five years ago, even though you know, your body maybe was able to do other things. You're just happy to be where you are now. And I think nobody knows that unless they sit down and talk to that person. So stop making these assumptions, you know? Yeah. And, and while we're on the, while we're on that tick, you know, people who have invisible disabilities Mm. are going to park in the handicap space. Right. And and people are just going to have to get that through their craw. They yeah. really, really are. You know, and, and it, I think, you know, before, and, and tell me if this is true, before you were diagnosed, were you more judgmental to other people's conditions? Oh, well, <clears throat> I was diagnosed when I was three years old. So when this you is, were two, yeah. were you? No. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what though? I I really went through a total mind transformation about 3 years ago now. And before that, I was extremely judgmental of um yeah, of everybody whether, you know, I was very judgmental of other people's bodies. Yeah. Which, you know, is I a little bit of me, you know, still feels ashamed that I say that. And 
being in the space that I'm now, that I am now and, you know, the message that I'm trying to relay, but I think it's, it's also not uncommon and it's very relatable. I mean, I think we base our judgments off of our own insecurities and I was very insecure. I had a false sense of confidence, um, about myself and I always have carried myself with confidence but it was a shield. I think it was just a defensive mechanism for me. And until I really took the time to dive into those insecurities and figure it out and work on them every single day and say, I'm choosing to be in a positive space every day when I wake up until I, I made that decision, I was extremely judgmental of everybody, everybody's bodies. And I think that that's the space that, unfortunately, the majority of our society is in. We're just constantly comparing or saying, oh, why is she parked in the handicap? Oh, I don't see anything wrong with her. Or, oh, maybe she's just parked there because of, you know, and we're always like trying to figure it out, trying to judge somebody based on what we just initially see in the first 10 seconds of seeing somebody. Yeah. And we're not qualified. We're not qualified to make that judgment. And I love what you said about insecurities being tied to judgments. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's very, very intuitive thinking. And I would invite people listening to think about that as well, because I don't know why it's a, a level of discomfort that we then assume a defense position of, I don't want this. Uh, because it makes me feel this way. And yeah. so then I'm going to create this judgment in my mind. And a lot of times, if people don't have anything at stake, but I'm not sick, but I don't have a disability, but I don't have a physical challenge, I don't need to enter that space in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go there. I'm not a coach. I'm not a, you know, maybe like I'm an HR professional. And uh, my life is pretty kind of quote unquote normal. I don't really have, you know, a lot of challenges or whatever. But we need to invite people into that space, don't you think? I do. And I think that they're wrong for thinking they don't have any challenges or issues because they do. I mean, I, I mean, you do. And I'm, I think it just, when you're in a space where you have insecurities, whether you think they affect you and people around you or not, I'm here to tell you that they do. I mean, yeah. as a, as a parent, as a mother with insecurities, you know, I, my mom, I love my mom. She's, you know, I consider her, her my best friend at this point. I'm 30 years old, but you know, I fed off of her insecurities and she, there was nothing wrong with her. She has no disability or what people would call challenges, but she did. And they affected me, you know, when, and, and I talked to a lot of my friends with daughters, um, about that, that when you're not in tune with what your insecurities are, you are furthering this, you're furthering all of those stigmas and stereotypes by passing that on to the next generation of what our body should look like, what we should think about our bodies. So I think everybody should be aware of their insecurities and do their best to challenge them and face them and, and work on them. 
Otherwise, we're all just going to continue to be judgmental of of everybody around us because we're not happy with ourselves. And and um, <clears throat> the parenting piece of it, I think, is super important, especially because little girls are affected uh, so much. And I heard this piece of advice, and I just thought it was wonderful, is that you don't talk to your daughter about what her body looks like. You talk to your daughter about what her body feels like. Uh, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even with, I, you know, we take care of our 10 year old nephew, he lives with us and I'm just very mindful. Like he'll see, Oh, Carmen, are you doing, you know, why are you eating that? Are you on a diet? And I said, no, Dia, I'm not on a diet. You know, I'm trying to live a healthy lifestyle and Mm -hmm. I'm just very mindful about the things because I don't want him to, you know, be with a girl sometime down the road and, you know, and think she needs to be on a diet or that her body needs to look a certain way. We talk about my, you know, we talk about my squishy stomach and why it looks like that. And, you know, but, but you go to the gym every day, Carmen, I said, I know. And isn't that interesting? Not everybody mm-hmm. is going to look the same or their bodies are going to react differently to exercise and eating. So I just, I feel very honored to have that opportunity to have those discussions because I want him to grow up to be, you know, with, be able to have a partner that he supports no matter what their body looks like. And, and I wish that for everybody. Um, and, and it's just not, especially for women. I, I, sadly, I know it's not their reality to wake up every morning to a partner who embraces their body. That's very true. Um, And I I think it's just super important that we talk to our partners from a health perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, not like, uh, oh, you're looking a little pudgy there or whatever, but it's more like, how are you feeling? How are you sleeping? How are you doing? How's your energy? Are you getting enough water? You know, that type of a thing when we kind of switch the objective of the discussion, it turns from what do we look like to how are you feeling? Yeah. And yeah. that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, so <clears throat> we have, I have a frog in my throat today. I don't know what the deal <laughs> that's is. That's okay. I had one earlier, so don't <laughs> feel bad. I hope it doesn't <clears throat> leap out and attack anybody. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so I have one last question for you. <laughs> it, it's our question that we have at the end of every podcast and it just flew by and you were an absolute delight. Um, yeah. But what is the one thing people don't know about you? Oh my goodness, that that's a hard <laughs> one. <laughs> Let's see here. That's a hard one since I have my whole life pretty much on social media. I feel like, hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Oh there's gosh. always there's always something I shared on my Facebook page the other day that when I was a kid and my front teeth were coming in, they have those little bumps on the bottom and they were long. I didn't like how those looked, and I took a metal file. <gasps> and oh, I, gosh. I pile them down. And so now I get chips on the bottom of my teeth, and I have to go into the dentist and have my teeth sanded. So that, that- is insane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. This is a really hard one. Honestly, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I cannot think I of know. anything. Well, that's okay. That people, you know what? It's going to come to you after we close. But 
I am so glad people do know so much about you. And I'm so glad to get to know you today. And I hope to continue to know you even offline because you are a really freaking cool ass human being. Thank you. And I, I, this honestly has been such a great conversation and I'm, I am, I hope we can, yes, stay in touch and have more conversations like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Hillary. You bet. Confidence comes in all shapes and sizes. And today in our millennial life, it is important that whenever we have the opportunity, we break the stigma of what quote unquote normal means. Carmen Renee of Eat the Cake 2 boldly embraced her reality, but more. She reached out to teach and to build up other people despite their looks, despite their challenges, despite the fact that sometimes they might feel alone. It was more important to her to build a community of people supporting each other. What a wonderful episode with Carmen Renee today. If you would like to get in touch with her, the best way to reach her is through her Instagram page at eatthecake2too. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. It's reviews like yours that elevate us up the ladder of success in the podcast world, and we continue to reach more people who need it the most. Also, check out sickbiz.com with fresh blogs, introspection, perspective, innovation, and more coming from life and business partners and chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs who are sharing their hacks, their hope, and their resources to help you succeed in your life and your entrepreneurship. Finally, to get SickBiz resources right to your phone, text 36260 and enjoy our podcast, blog, Entrepreneur Spotlight, and many other benefits ASAP. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.